Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast for the last DFS episode of the season. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere. We're on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Uh, I mean, it feels weird, Bobby. We haven't we haven't talked in like a week on the podcast, and uh, that just doesn't happen very often. It's weird because I've been doing so much baseball stuff during football season, right? We've got a really cool guest coming on today, though, to talk about this uh, this big two-game DFS slate. It's Jared Smala of Draft Sharks. He's on Twitter at S-M-O-L-A-D-S. Jared, thanks for taking the time to come to the show. Glad to be back on, guys. My, uh, you know, my, my tank is almost on empty at this point, but I think I got one more podcast in for you guys. <laughs> so let's just start the show like this, okay? Who's going to the Super Bowl, Jared? I'm going chalk with uh, Chiefs 49ers. I actually went back this morning and watched both of those games from the regular season because, you know, the, these are these are two rematches. And, the, you know, the Titans actually beat the Chiefs, but rewatching that game, it's like, how did the Titans beat the Chiefs? The, the Chiefs made a couple big mistakes, had a, had a bunch of penalties. So I like Kansas City at home. And then San Francisco just demolished Green Bay a- after rewatching that game. Tough for me to imagine the, the Packers going into San Francisco and winning uh, on Sunday. You know, I'm starting to lean that direction because when we started the playoffs, in fact, it may have even been preseason where I had the Packers losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm I'm sticking with that, even though I think the 49ers, I mean, they're 7.5 point favorites, right? They're heavy favorites in this game, but I'm sticking with my pre-playoff picks. Tags, I'm assuming you're going chalk too? It's it's tough not to, but we know that the, you know the way that the playoffs have been going now. It's kind of crazy to think that Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees are both sitting at home right now. is kind of amazing. So it, there's probably going to be an upset here, and uh, I could see the Titans uh, upsetting the Chiefs. I, I can't. I'm not predicting that for sure. But Chris Jones. I mean, if defensive tackle Chris Jones is out for the Chiefs, that's damning to their pass rush, and we already know that their run defense is very suspect. And with the way that the Titans are playing right now, I don't think anybody gave them a chance at the, against the Ravens. I'd say they have a better chance against the Chiefs than they did against the Ravens I think that's fair yeah so they played extremely well I mean this team has just caught fire at the right time they're playing good defense they're running the ball so like when you combine all those things it's just I'm not picking the Titans but if there was a team that I could see upsetting them I would say it would be them and that's totally fair I mean the the Chiefs haven't exactly stopped the run this year and Derrick Henry is on fire all right guys and before we get started I want to tell you all we've got another podcast going on This one's hosted by the guy who does the Sunday Night Recap Show with Tags. It's Dan Harris, and this is our Betting Pros Podcast. And right now with the Betting Pros Podcast, we've got the NFL Championship Round Lines Reaction episode currently available, and we should have the best NFL Championship Round Bets and Favorite Props episode available by Friday. You can check it out at bettingpros.com slash podcast. You guys are going to love it because Dan's involved, and he is hilarious, and he's a great analyst as well. Again, that's bettingpros.com slash podcast. Okay, so here's what we're going to do for today's show, okay? We're just going to go one team at a time. We've got four teams. We're going to talk about every fantasy-relevant player just in case they're decent options. So we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs at quarterback. Is Patrick Mahomes your favorite play on the slate, Jared? I'm definitely using him. I'm going to have Patrick Mahomes in 100% of the lineups I make. Um, I, I, I did projections for all the, for both games this weekend, and Mahomes just came out miles ahead of the other three quarterbacks. So even though he's you know, obviously the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel, on DraftKings, you know, he, he still checks in as the, as the best value at the position. So I'm, I'm just going to have all, all Patrick Mahomes. Our consensus projections tags have Aaron Rodgers at number two for 17 fantasy points. Jimmy G at number three, 16.7. Ryan Tannehill, 15.5. Patrick Mahomes at 28.4. Would we be crazy to consider sitting him even though he's, you know, $2,000 more expensive? I don't think it's crazy, to be honest with you. And someone asked me about their cash lineup. They said, if you had to choose one to fade, who would it be? And it was uh, between Derrick Henry, it was uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. And I said, of those guys, if I had to fade one, it probably would be Mahomes, just because basically you're going to get the production that he's getting from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in that lineup anyway. And uh, again, if he's going off, then I think we should be looking at Ryan Tannehill as a guy at 5,500 that is a, is a solid alternative option. It's the same kind of logic that I went to with uh, Deshaun Watson last week. And the reason it's like there's, there's correlation between quarterbacks and games. It's not like Patrick Mahomes, if, if Ryan Tannehill has a terrible game, it means Patrick Mahomes is not going to have a very high ceiling. If Patrick Mahomes has a very good game like everybody's expecting, then Ryan Tannehill's uh, floor and ceiling 
ceiling are going to rise with that. So again, without Chris Jones, that pass rush is not anywhere near it. And, and Andy Reid said that he was nowhere close to playing last week. So I'm assuming that Chris Jones is going to be out. Uh, they are going to ride Derrick Henry as much as they absolutely can. But again, if Patrick Mahomes is kind of going off, that means Ryan Tannehill is going to have to throw the ball more than 13 or 15 times or whatever it is. So you think he has more than 100 passing yards in him this week? I do. Somehow, some <laughs> somehow, some way, it's probably going to happen. But it, again, if he doesn't, though, if he doesn't, I, I'm going to take that. That means Patrick Mahomes didn't really have a big game. That's how I feel about it. So like when you when you kind of like do like figure out. You don't think there's any chance the Chiefs just win like 35 to nine. Right. I, that's that's not going to happen. So that, that's why for me at quarterback, I'm a little bit more open to say if you don't want to go Mahomes. I mean, of course, you're going to have Mahomes in tournaments like that's just you have to play him. But I'm OK if, you, if you're in cash lineups and you're like, I, I don't know if I can get there. And you're you're searching like we'll go through the slate, obviously. But I think that Ryan Tannehill is a guy that I might use in cash. I'll say this. I mean, OK, that's interesting. I get it on DraftKings because of the price point for Tannehill. On FanDuel, Ryan Tannehill's $7,700. I'm not going there. I get it on DraftKings a little bit. I'd still encourage people to go Mahomes. But let's go to the running back position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Damian Williams has been playing great football. Now, you talk about Derrick Henry as a lock. Jared, do you think that Damian Williams is also a lock, or can we afford to go without him? Um, he, he's close to a lock for me. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to play cash this week I just on a two-game slate. So it's tournaments only for me. But I think Damian Williams, even in tournaments, is close to a lock. Um, I, I just like the volume you're getting for his price tag. Williams averaging 14.2 carries and 4.6 targets per game now over his last five healthy games. Played a season high 97% of the Chiefs' offensive snaps last week. So they have fully committed to Damian Williams as their feature back. Um, this matchup against Tennessee, not the best on the ground. Um, the Titans allowed just 4.0 yards per carry through running backs this season but Tennessee allowed the third most running back catches the 10th most running back receiving yards so I think Williams could do some damage in the passing game on Sunday there have been uh, seven different running backs that have totaled 100 plus total yards against the Titans including another two running backs that totaled 96 and 92 yards the thing is is that eight of the nine running backs that I just talked about they totaled at least 17 touches. Now, that, so that's why it's important about those 97% of snaps. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and, and Darwin Thompson played exactly two snaps last week. Uh, Damian Williams during the regular season didn't have a single game with more than 73% of the snaps. So it was like a, a dramatic increase. So if you want to play him in cash, I absolutely have no problem with that because like when you look at the slate, you're, you're obviously locked into it. Like playing a running back, you have to get those high volume running backs. You're not going to, you don't want to rely on someone like Tevin Coleman last week where it's like all of a sudden he gets 22 touches out of nowhere, but Damian Williams, Derek Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, those are the three guys that you're going to have to decide between. And you're probably only going to be able to fit two of them in there. If you play Mahomes, you're probably not. You're only going to play one of them, probably. But I'm going to play two of them, and I'm I'm definitely Derrick Henry. Like he's being played everywhere, and if you don't play him, I don't know what you're <laughs> doing. But uh, Damian Williams and Aaron Jones, that's the difficult one where I'm going to have I have trouble deciding that one. I bet Williams' ownership is twice as high as Jones. It probably is going to be, and you're also getting Aaron Jones for three hundred dollars cheaper, which I'm not. A, I'm definitely not opposed to uh, if I need to save some salary. So I've leaned towards Aaron Jones, uh, but I'm not like completely sold on it. I, Damian. Williams is a fine play, but I do think Aaron Jones is a better play in tournaments. So we're talking about Andy Reid here, just like we were talking about Shanahan last week. Jared, is there any chance that he just completely pulls the rug out from under us? Uh, we thought this was Damian Williams' backfield, and then it's, you know, who knows, uh, Daryl Williams all of a sudden. I don't see it. I thought I thought there was a, a you know slight chance that we saw LaShawn McCoy get back into a bigger role last week. But if it didn't happen last week, I don't see why it's going to happen this week. Same. I think you're probably right. It's just it's so scary with what happened with San Francisco, right? I mean, I don't want that situation again. That's the only reason I would think maybe Jones over Williams because the, the Chiefs are 7.5 point favorites. They're by far the highest implied total on the slate at 30. Next best is uh, 26 for the 49ers, 23 for Tennessee, 19 for Green Bay. They're going to score points. Williams is probably going to be involved. It's not like the Packers have been fully committed to Aaron Jones all season, too. I mean, you know, they, we've, we, we've had games where Jamal Williams has mixed in way too much, too. So mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good call. Okay, wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tags, you talked about Tyreek Hill as someone that you definitely want in your lineup. I don't exactly follow the logic here. Uh, I'd much rather have Devontae Adams, who's been much safer game to game. 
the 49ers have been so limiting and even going back to the game they played earlier in the year they limited him so much uh not to say that he can't get it like get it done because they do play sides there and he's going to see a killer weatherspoon more than anybody so i'm not i'm not going to sit here and tell you that Devonte adams is a bad play i mean he had 13 fantasy points that's not bad how many times has tyree killed done that it was to a touchdown though like he had like what was it like 43 yards on like 12 targets it was aaron Rodgers' wor- like legitimately it was the second worst game of his career uh, against them in san francisco he also struggled by the way so some people talk about that that Aaron Rodgers is from California and this and that. But the two games he played in California this year were terrible against the Chargers and against the 49ers. So I'm not necessarily sold on the whole hometown thing. But Tyreek Hill, the reason I like him a lot is because he goes into the slot about 50% of the time. He's coming off a slower game. Maybe it suppresses his ownership a little bit because people were burned by him last week. But Logan Ryan covers the slot for them. Logan Ryan is slow. He's not He's, he's terrible. He's not a terrible cornerback in terms of like just covering guys, but he cannot keep up with speed. If you go back and you watch his tape this year, that's what I did. And I watched the touchdowns he gave up. It was consistently being burned over and over by speed. And knowing that Tyreek Hill is going to see him 45% of the time, it's no surprise that Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown back in week 10 against this team. So, I mean, Adore Jackson's the only guy that has speed on that in that secondary, and Tyreek Hill's only going to be on that side of the field maybe 20, 25% of the time. So I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill like at all. I think that matchup makes plenty of sense. Now, Jared, are you in agreement with Tags? If we're talking cash games, I would lean Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill just because of the target safety. But for tournaments, I definitely prefer Tyreek Hill this week. Like Mike said, um, he just smoked Tennessee in that week 10 meeting with 157 yards and a score. Patrick Mahomes also missed Tyreek Hill on what should have been a 53-yard touchdown in that game. And, and the Chiefs clearly game plan to feature Hill in that contest. Um, he was targeted on six of Mahomes' first 10 passes in that game, finished with 19 targets, a 38% target share. So, you know, he, the Chiefs clearly saw a mismatch there, and I, I sort of think they're going to go back to it this, this weekend. All right, guys, are we saving money by going down and spending on some cheaper Kansas City receivers? Because who knows who it's going to be, but they're going to score three or four touchdowns through the air, I would imagine. It's not all going to be Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Who's it going to be, Tags? Or is it going to be all Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? I mean, Sammy Watkins is the one that I would chance at 4,600 of any of them. In tournaments, you could take a shot on Mecole Hardman because he has the speed that I talked about. But uh, Watkins, he is the one that kind of he kind of flip-flops with Tyreek Hill in the slot. He, Watkins actually played 50% of the snaps in the slot. So him at 4,600, I mean, he's only had a, a couple targets in like three of the last four games or something like that. Like he's been like slowly fading in the offense. He's out there for, for all the snaps, though. And uh, just knowing where he lines up on the field, it's trying to find that best matchup. And I'm not like sold on Sammy Watkins, but what I'm saying is that to get him at 4,600, you're going to need some cheaper guys in your lineup if you want to play the games like Mahomes, you want to play Derrick Henry's, you want to play Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hills. You have to find those cheaper options. And what you ideally find is guys that are out there playing every snap and you have the guy that's tied to the best quarterback on the slate. So at 4,600, he kind of makes sense. I'll say this right now, just going to give you guys a sneak preview. Sammy Watkins is my lock of the week. And the reason why is because there's, you know, five or six guys that I would love to get in my lineup, but we can only get three or four of them. I can see flipping any of these guys out. I can't see fading Sammy Watkins just because how low his price point is, the offense he's involved in, how many snaps he plays, how talented he is, the matchup he's going up against. I mean, you look at Sammy Watkins when he faded at the end of the season. They played the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bears, the Chargers again. Those are five of the eight best secondaries in all of football. Of course, he wasn't playing all that great. Patrick Mahomes was struggling as well. Mahomes looked great last week. And Watkins outside of those games has been a wide receiver one, guys. And he's priced like a wide receiver four. I mean, he was a wide receiver one for one week. Well, sure. But I mean, like you could say the same about uh, all kinds of guys who have had one big week and and it drags them up. The point is... Even outside of those games, he was quite good, and it all adds up, man. He was awesome for the first 10 weeks combined. At 4,600, I, I, I'm not going to fault you. To, like I said, I, I don't, I'm not against him. Like, Is there anything that you have to add here, Jared, in terms of like, do you think he's like a terrible play? Like, Are you contemplating him, or would you rather find someone else cheap like, or, or even pay up a couple hundred dollars to get up to like a Debo Samuel? I want Samuel, too. Sammy Watkins is definitely in consideration for me. I mean, it's, it's only four teams. There's only you know, so many guys we can consider this week. And again, I do think this Chiefs passing game is going to be much, much more productive than any other three other passing games. Sammy Watkins did still play 88% of the snaps last week. So, you know, he, he's on the field. He had nine targets in that week 10 meeting against the Titans, caught five of them for 39 yards. So not a big game, but, you know, if he gives you five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown on Sunday, um, you know, you're in business at that price tag. 
Yeah, you give me nine targets from a guy who's 5,200 on FanDuel. What'd you say, 4,600 on DraftKings? That's exactly what I'm looking for. I mean, what are you going to do, Tags? Rely on Kendrick Bourne's three targets? No, maybe Tajay Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that, man. I'm, I'm not kidding. My first cash lineup that I came up with, Ooh. I ended up going with him as one of my receivers. And not be, not because I had to, but because it was like trying to find that last person to like stick in the lineup. Because I knew one player was going. I'm not going to be happy with. And I'm okay with that. But the lineup I came up with, I'm actually pretty happy about. So what do you guys think? Demarcus Robinson, is he in play as well, just for GPP? No. Fade him altogether. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he was... He was still the number three wide receivers in terms of snaps last week, actually. He's been all year. Yeah, well ahead. I mean, McCall Harbin only played 17% of the snaps last week, which is crazy to me. I don't know what he needs to do to get more action, but I'm with um, Tags here. Despite that, beyond Sammy Watkins, I would go with McCall Harbin. But again, he's only going to be on the field for a handful of snaps. It, it does seem like they're designing plays to get the ball in his hands when he is on the field, which is nice. So you're playing a lot of GPP contests. What's your exposure rate going to be to Hardman? I mean, I'd probably have him in like 10 to 20% of my lineups. Yeah, that's exactly where I've got him, 10 to 20%. That's fair. Yeah, when he's on the field, by the way, I was looking at this. When when McCole Hardman is on the field, they average 8.73 yards per attempt. When he's not on the field, it's 7.85. It's almost a full yard more when he's on the field. I, I just don't, and I understand he's had explosive plays, but that's why I think they need to get him on the field more often. Demarcus Robinson is like a, he's just like there. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. It sounds like you might not be spending up at tight end because you've got so many other guys you want to spend up on. Are you using Travis Kelsey? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so the first build that I had, I only went with Derrick Henry, and then I, I, I went value at my other running back spot. But I went Kelsey and Kittle. I actually had both of them in my lineup. And, I mean, on a two-game slate, I still think Travis Kelsey's too cheap uh, at tight end for 7100 I said last week that his price should have been closer to eight k on a four-game slate. But, I mean, obviously, 44 DK points. Uh, nobody expected that. But this matchup is really good. I mean, there were six different tight ends against the Titans this year who totaled at least 73 yards. Kelsey was one of them. He caught all seven targets against them for 75 yards and a touchdown. There's a lot of things that the Titans have to worry about in that Chiefs offense. So it's not like, oh, we have to we have to shut down Travis Kelsey. That's like one of the hardest positions to shut down just because they're staying in the block half the time. And if they're doing that, well, then you're essentially wasting one of your defenders if you're double teaming him or whatever you're doing. And they were double teaming him last week. It's not like Houston could stop it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm playing Kelsey. Jared, you going double tight end as well? Yes, uh, I think in quite a few lineups I'll have both of these guys. I, I, I do think Kittle is the... Kelsey and Kittle or Kelsey and Smith? Kelsey and Kittle. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Janu, but um, yeah, I mean, Kelsey and Kittle are the two top values. I, I have Kittle as a better value on both sites, especially on DraftKings where he's, you know, $1,300 cheaper. But we, we still have Travis Kelsey as the fourth best value on DraftKings among flex players. So, you know, among all running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So again, I definitely think it makes sense to to use Kittle at tight end and then Kelsey in the flex spot. That's a good call. Okay, for defense, are you going with the Chiefs in this game? I, I don't think we can afford to use one since we're going to use four guys from their offense probably, right? Yeah, I, I prefer San Francisco and even Green Bay. Yeah, I like Green Bay. That's who I'm using this week. Yep. Tags? Just play the cheap defenses, man. So we're going Green Bay. Green Bay is the one that I went with, yes. All right, guys, so I want to stop for just a moment and tell everybody about a contest we've got going on where we're giving away a signed Michael Thomas full-size Saints helmet and you can check out the details for it over at bettingpros.com slash contest. All you have to do if you want to enter is check out the Betting Pros podcast that I talked about earlier, if you haven't already. And then you're going to need to leave a review for the Betting Pros podcast on Apple Podcast or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And by the way, we're able to do these contests thanks to Pristine Auction. And if you guys haven't checked out Pristine Auction, I don't know what you're waiting for because I live on the site. Seriously, I've got it open every single day looking to see what values I can find to add to my office. And you're always going to be able to find something because they auction off hundreds, even thousands of items some days. And everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Make sure to enter the registration code Fantasy Pros. When you sign up for an account, it's free to sign up. And when you enter that code Fantasy Pros, it's going to get you $5 off to spend over there. And you're going to find something that you love for your cave. So check it out. PristineAuction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Auction.com. Let's go to the next team then. Uh, it's the team going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. Now, obviously, we're using Patrick Mahomes uh, for cash games. Jared and I, at least. Tags, you've already <laughs> talked about Ryan Tannehill. Um, how much exposure are you getting in these GPP contests, Jared, to Ryan Tannehill? I'd say that if I'm not using Patrick Mahomes, Tannehill would be my next quarterback. But I, I'm honestly going to go 100% Patrick Mahomes. Oh, in GPP, you're going 100%? Yes, I am. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think the Titans are going to have success running the ball. So I just don't think Tannehill is going to have to do much. He has 29 pass attempts through his two playoff games. He had 19 pass attempts in that week 10 meeting against the Chiefs. And, you know, Kansas City was in the lead for 32 minutes of that game. So, you know, it's not like the Titans were sitting on a lead. So I, I just, I don't think you're going to get the, the volume out of Tannehill. So, Tags, I was talking last week about just how dang good this Chiefs defense was. And so I bet against Deshaun Watson, right? And I know very well that the Chiefs defense gave up 33 fantasy points to Deshaun Watson. You want to tell them why I know this? Uh, because Bobby lost the bet that uh, we had because he... Uh, Finally, like the first bet I've ever lost in the history yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Bobby bet on he bet on Aaron Rodgers against Deshaun Watson. It wasn't really a fair bet, and I was surprised. He's the one who brought it to me, <laughs> but I said, of course, I'm going to take that bet. So, Bobby, we're actually getting together for our Fantasy Pros meetings uh, next week, and uh, Bobby's going to have to wear a turkey on his head with flappy little legs and everything uh, as we do our sports day because we, we play like, uh, like football, and I think this year we're doing soccer, which makes no sense, but uh, I don't want to play soccer. But but Bobby's gonna have to wear this all day. So you guys will see on social media. So if you guys go on like Instagram and things like that on Mike Taglier NFL, uh, Bobby Fantasy Pro, we are gonna be posting stuff in regards to uh, the punishment that Bobby's gonna have to deal with because of that. So Tags, do you ever wonder if maybe the only times I actually lose these bets, I do it on purpose, you know, so I can break a world record or so everyone gets to see me you know, flying into the end zone like Mike Boone playing sports. This is why this is why we need to st- the, the stakes need to be something like I am totally down. I want everyone to know that I've proposed that like one of our next competitions, we do something like with karaoke. And because I want Bobby, I want the stakes to be legit. Probably break a world record for that, too. Let's be honest. I want Bobby to have like stakes where he has to perform and then try and beat me in a bet. Uh, so he can't make any excuses because I, I want to see Bobby <laughs> sing. All right, man. So uh, Ryan Tannehill. I'm actually not going to have any exposure to him in GPP. I am going to have a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G, just in case this game does end up being low scoring uh, in Kansas City against the, against the Titans. I'm probably going to have 5 to 15% exposure of Rodgers and Garoppolo, but the rest is going to be on Mahomes. How much GPP exposure would you have on Tannehill tags? Uh, I mean, uh, he's probably my second favorite quarterback. I, I know that Jared just talked about it, saying that, you know, if, if there was somebody that he went off Mahomes, it'd probably be to Tannehill just because of that correlation. And even going back to when they played in week 10, I mean, Corey Davis, I want to say, didn't even play that game. Uh, and then A.J. Brown didn't do anything, but Tannehill still completed 13 of 19 passes. He only had 19 passes in that game, and he finished with 18.9 fantasy points. So getting him at 5,500 allows you to do a lot of good things with your lineup so and what if he has to throw the ball 30 times exactly that's the thing is like his efficiency has been there I don't I don't find a reason to doubt uh, Ryan Tannehill right now he's been playing fan and I know that Derrick Henry's getting all the limelight but Ryan Tannehill has really done a wonders with that offense so I will say that he's probably going to be in about 25 percent of my tournament lineups okay all right Jared are there any lineups you will have without Derrick Henry yeah there'll be a few just because basically just because his price tag um, you know, he, he sort of limits what you can do elsewhere, but I'm not going to have many lineups without him. Just how much better of a play is he than Damian Williams and Aaron Jones? Like A lot. We've got him projected for a full 10 points higher on Fandle. Yeah. That's outrageous for running back. You have a guy that like legitimately cannot be tackled in. So we got in a, I was actually, I'm in a dynasty league where when someone said the other night, they were like, so everybody needs to owe Derrick Henry an apology. I'm like, let's not pretend that his entire career has been like a superstardom. With that being said, he's playing out of this world right now. Like he cannot, like nobody can tackle him. I mean, he's got 1300 rushing yards in the last eight weeks, man. Yeah. He's beating down defenses and everybody talks about him being worn down with so many carries. It's about defenses too. At this point in the year, defenses are hurting just as much as all offensive players are guys like I'm telling you like people are playing through injuries they're bruised up they're nicked up it's it's a long season so uh, I'm not gonna bet against Derrick Henry who's gotten better and better as the season's gone on and even if they do fall behind Kansas City does allow production through the passing game I said it before and I'll say it again Tennessee if they lose they're gonna lose and they're not going to lose and wonder should we have ridden Derrick Henry more no 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 like they're going to if they lose it, it will be with Derrick Henry getting 20 plus touches so it doesn't really matter the game script in this one they're going to give him the ball an awful lot maybe involve him a little bit more in the screen game so yeah I he's someone I don't think I can fade plus all the people saying he's fatigued like go back and watch the game film how many body blows did Derrick Henry actually absorb the last couple of weeks like nobody's actually trying to tackle him like a man they're just trying to find any way to get him down by his legs or anything. It's ridiculous. You can't tackle this dude. Cornerbacks coming at him to try and tackle, like, good luck. Yeah, he gets better. He gets better as the game goes on. 
Um, 23 carries, 188 yards, and two touchdowns in that Week 10 meeting against the Chiefs, 8.2 yards per carry. Tennessee's O-line just manhandled the Chiefs in that game. It it really looked pretty easy for Derrick Henry. Um, So, yeah, it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs considering their weakness is in run defense. All right, guys, wide receivers for the Tennessee Titans. Tags, if you like Ryan Tannehill a little bit, does that mean you also like A.J. Brown, Corey Davis? You mentioned Tajay Sharp? Yeah, I'll probably have A.J. Brown in a, a lot of tournament lineups. I mean, I don't know if I can confidently use him in cash just because of the limited attempts that we've seen from Tannehill. Uh, but again, we, this game script should be a little bit different. I don't think just because they beat Baltimore, we should expect them to beat uh, Kansas City, which is why I'm not picking them to beat Kansas City. I, I don't think that they should be getting seven and a half points. A.J. Brown at 5,200, they brought down his price enough to the point where I'm absolutely willing to consider him. The The issue is that Kansas City has been really good on the perimeter this year, kind of underrated in that aspect. The, like, did you guys know that they've allowed the fewest yards to wide receivers in like the in all of the NFL? Like, no one. Like, not the Patriots, not the Chargers, not the 49ers. Like, the Chiefs allowed the fewest yards to wide receivers this year. That's what I was saying last week, man. That's why I made the bet. <laughs> yeah, and the, so it's like... I don't anticipate like this them going off. So I think AJ Brown is a good tournament play at 5,200. He's a guy that can get it done after the catch. He could have like two catches, but for like 90 something yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, that's definitely possible. So he's a better tournament option than he is in cash. And then Corey Davis, I mean, tournaments only. I uh, He's a full-time player though. Like we talked about Sammy Watkins, like being a full-time player, but unfortunately it's a full-time player in an offense that has thrown the ball 15 times or less uh, the last two games. So uh, it, he's not too appealing. I'd rather play Sammy Watkins, but in tournaments, I don't think Davis is completely terrible or like off the board. Hey, by the way, Tags, so you mentioned Ryan Tannehill's throwing the ball 15, 20, 25 times a game. Since their bye in week 11, where do you think A.J. Brown ranks among fantasy receivers? I mean, I'm sure he was like in the top five. Number one, over Michael Thomas. Number one. So we got Brown, Michael Thomas, Devontae Parker, Brashad Perryman, <laughs> Devontae Adams rounding out the top five. You want to hear a funny story? So I went through like, I've been going through like stats and trying to figure out. So Michael Thomas, take all the top performances in half PPR formats in 2019. There was one game that Michael Thomas had inside the top 40. Oh, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? He was just the model of consistency. And that's he like he he finished with 67 more points than any other wide receiver, which just kind of goes to show how inconsistent the position was this year. I don't think it was like a crazy like all time year by Michael Thomas, but it, it was like in, in, in terms of consistency, it absolutely was. Yeah, I mean, it was it was big volume and efficiency, but I mean, he only averaged what I think it was like 11 yards per catch. You know, didn't, didn't score a ton, a ton of touchdowns. So yeah, he he was, it sounds crazy to say, but he, he was more of a floor than a ceiling play all year. So what do you think about these Titan wide receivers here, Jared? Yeah, um, so A.J. Brown, I wouldn't touch him in cash. Um, you know, He has two catches on four targets through these first two playoff games. I do think he's in play for tournaments because of the big playability he's shown us because his price tag is down. He, you know, Brown has been matchup dependent this season, though. And as Mike mentioned, this is actually a tough matchup, especially for outside wide receivers. The Chiefs have allowed the fewest fantasy points to outside right wide receivers and the third fewest fantasy points to outside left wide receivers. Brown has run 89% of his routes from the outside this season. Um, He had just one catch on four targets for 17 yards in that week 10 meeting. So again, I think the floor is low. If you do think Tennessee, you know, falls behind big and Tannehill has to throw it 30 plus times, I think Brown obviously becomes a better play then. Mm -hmm. So how much exposure are you intending on having for Brown? And, And let's throw out Corey Davis as well. Yeah, Brown probably around 25%. Davis is a guy I don't want to use. I might have to just if I, you know, only have four thousand bucks left and need to fill a wide receiver spot. Um, but I, I'd, I'd hope to keep Davis around like ten percent. I think Brown was someone I'm, I might actually have more than twenty five percent, just because it's like in tournaments, like he's the type of guy that they brought down his price. And again, like the last two weeks, I wanted nothing to do with AJ Brown. But at fifty two hundred, it allows you to do some things to get some of those running backs in your lineup, those tight ends that we talk about. So. uh I don't think that there's like many locks at the wide receiver position. Uh, So I'm going to play some upside guys. And I think AJ Brown definitely uh, has more upside than someone like a Corey Davis. So I'll pay the 1200 to get up to him. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he's got a nice floor as well. Our model is saying that Debo Samuel's the number one value. AJ Brown, number two. Uh, That's on DraftKings, at least. Let me check over on FanDuel. Tyreek Hill, number one. Debo, number two. Brown's down at number four. But Hill, because of his inconsistency, I don't know if I want to use him in cash games. I'll probably use Samuel, Adams, Brown, and Watkins. Yeah, I have um, I have Devonte Adams as the top value, Tyree Kill number two, and then AJ Brown comes in at three. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. All right, let's go to the tight end position for the Tennessee Titans. You mentioned Jonu Smith. 
um, that you would touch on him later. So what do you think, Jared? 3400 Yeah, I think he's in play because of the price tag, especially on DraftKings. I, you know, I do want to play Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So, you know, that that's the biggest reason I won't have a ton of Jonu Smith. But um, this, this is a good matchup for him. Um, Kansas City finished the regular season 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. The Titans tight ends, um, it was Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser combined for 10 targets, 7 catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown in that Week 10 meeting. Um, it was Ferkser who had the touchdown. Jonu Smith caught four of six targets for 30 yards. Um, so, I, you know, they sort of featured the tight ends in the passing game in that game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to that on Sunday. I'm definitely going to have some of both of them in, in tournaments. For cash games, I'm definitely using Kelsey or Kittle. Haven't made up my mind quite yet. Play both. Both of them. Kelsey and Kittle. I won't have any exposure whatsoever to the Titans this week. And I didn't two weeks ago when they had that stupid pick six to end the game and ended up being the number one DST. Yeah. Is this going to bite me in the butt? Like, Jared, is there any chance that they're the number one DST against the Chiefs this week? I mean, there's a chance because we're talking about defenses and there's just so much volatility. And if they do happen to get a fluky touchdown, they're likely going to be the top defense. You know, we we have them as the second best value just because they're priced down at 2000 bucks on DraftKings. Um, that, that said, I, I would much rather spend the 400 bucks and get up to the Packers. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Tags, you agree? I'm the same here. Like, we know that the 49ers defense is really good, but Aaron Rodgers just doesn't turn the ball over, which obviously it really hurts your chance to get like a pick six. Uh, the Chiefs defense, 3,100, they're making you pay a lot for them. So it's either the Packers or the Titans, and the $400 difference doesn't feel good enough. Whereas Garoppolo, if you watched him over the years, and I know that there's a lot of haters that are going to come at me and say, uh, you hate on Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's been very hit or miss all year long. Like, there's been games where he's looked really, really good, and then there's been games that he looked bad. He looked terrible at the start of the game last week. Um, there were some throws he missed what are you talking about man he had seven points against Washington <laughs> it could have been jitters well that was a that was a messy game but he, like there could have been jitters it was a first playoff game playoff start for him so but the thing is is he has like thrown passes that should have been intercepted this year multiple ones where it's like you watch it and you're just like if, the, if those picks are caught and they go the other way including there was one last week uh if they go the other way for six you're in the money so I'm, I'm definitely going to say the Packers, they at least bring a pass rush over the Titans, because even if the Titans do get like a pick six, like as we saw with Houston, I played a lot of Houston last week because I'm just playing the cheapest defense. I have no issue if you want to play the Titans. It is what it is. But it's like you're looking for that pick six. You're looking for that special teams touchdown. But if that happens and Patrick Mahomes is going to go like balls to the wall and, and put up points on your team. So then all of a sudden you're starting to see those points come down. So, yeah, I, I think we're all in, in sync here saying it's the Packers, but uh, the Titans, if you need to save some money, I don't mind playing them at 2K. Man, can you guys believe it is conference championship week already? I just can't wait to see the Packers take on the 49ers and hopefully get their revenge. I don't know why, but I always root for the Packers. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun, and time's going to be up for two teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's really simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. So here's what you need to do, okay? Download the DraftKings app now and use code FANTASYPROS, all one word. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter the code FANTASYPROS, all one word, during sign-up, and you'll get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code FANTASYPROS, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, guys. Sunday evening game. Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. Do, who do you like more in this game, Jimmy G or Aaron Rodgers, Jared? Oof, I don't like either of them. I, I would lean towards Rodgers. I, I will say if the, you know, the, the reason I think the Packers have a chance to win this game is I still think they have a big edge at quarterback. I, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you're a hater now. Welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've been hating on the 49ers all season long. But the thing is, like, they're playing at home. They're probably going to win this game. I think they're vastly overrated. And I think they're going to get smoked in the Super Bowl by either the Chiefs or the Titans. Who is? The 49ers. 
it's weird because I feel the same way about the Packers as I do the 49ers, but the 49ers, at least I know that they play, they have an elite pass rush. The Packers have been very inconsistent with everything. Their passing game has been inconsistent. Their run game has been inconsistent. Their defense, everything about the, the Packers is inconsistent. And, you know, do they get consistent at the right time and play well? I mean, it's possible. Man, it would be nice if they were in Lambeau this week, wouldn't it? It's a big difference. That would definitely help them. But that's the part where I'm picking the 49ers here. Uh, but if I had to pick one of the quarterbacks, it would be Rodgers, I guess. But I don't know. I, I, I'm probably not going to have much exposure to either of these quarterbacks. I think this is the lower scoring game. So what's the final score going to be here, Tags? The over-under is 45. You taking the over or the under? I have the under. I will say I will say 49ers 23 to 20. 23 to 20. Jared, what are you going with? You have a score for us? I love the under here. It's it's my favorite bet of the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's going to be something like 23-17. 23-17. All right. I'll throw out a prediction as well. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Packers. I'm, I'm also on the under. I'm going to go 20-16. to 16. What's our score predictions for the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. We should probably do that one as well. Tags, you're first since you brought it up. All right. I'll, I will say the Chiefs win that game 31-24. to 24. That's literally exactly what I was going to say. No lie. Wow. All right. So uh, 30, 31, 24, you guys have the over by just a little bit. I'm going the under on this one as well. I'm going to go 26 to 20. Nice. Who, who's going to win the Super Bowl tags? Uh, the AFC team. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's weird because we were always like the AFC is the worst, but I, I, I've already talked about the 49ers and the Packers being like inconsistent in terms of what they bring, but the 49ers are going to be tough. They've been really tough at home uh, over the last two years, actually. But um, if Tennessee is able to beat Kansas City, like I'm all about it. Like I am, I am 100% becoming a Titans fan uh, overnight because like I, I, it's it's like that underdog story that you just want them to keep it going. And uh, if the Packers and the 49ers, if there's any weakness to those teams, it's been against the run. So it's like you continue to move with Derrick Henry and you just let him, you ride him. But and if Kansas City wins, it's like, do we really think that anybody can like that they can shut down this Patrick Mahomes offense? I don't know. I mean, I'm going with the Chiefs, man. I, I think they've got the best offense and the best defense defense left in the playoffs the 49ers have the best defense by far I mean the last two months the Chiefs defense has been superior to what the 49ers have been doing and granted the 49ers are getting healthier I think they've got the better the better coach they have the best coach remaining in the playoffs um, but I'm a big believer Chiefs fan right now man Jared who do you have Chiefs or 49ers in the Super Bowl yeah like my my initial reaction would just be to say the Chiefs over the 49ers and if, I think if you start digging into the matchup I, I do think the Niners can slow down the Chiefs you know not 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 shut them down, but slow them down. And then, I don't know, that, that 49ers running game, you know, in that Shanahan system against that, that Chiefs run defense, I think I think they could give us some trouble there. So I, I think it would be a good game. Let's go uh, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida. <laughs> Who is it going to be, Jaron? I mean, I think you have to say Coleman's the best bet just because, you know, he was the hot hand and he led the way in snaps and carries last week. Man, yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and then when you start to look at pricing – you know, on both sides, really, I, I'm going to lean towards Mostert, I think, and just hope that, you know, he, he's the guy this week. He's cheaper. He's probably going to be lower owned. We've seen him do it. You know, he was doing it the past five, six weeks. So I, I think Mostert's going to be the guy I have more of. Mostert, 100%. Mostert is uh, the easy play, and I'm actually going to play him in cash. He's the cheap running back I was talking about at 4,300. 4,300 on DraftKings. Whoa. And they, uh, Tevin Coleman's 5,700. So the, th- the reason is, is like if you look through the touches, I was telling people that Mostert was too, you couldn't play him in cash last week because the, the touches have been too low. It was like 11 to 15 touches, like consistently. So when he gets 12 touches last week, people are like, oh no, he fell on the depth chart. No, he has the same role that he had. It's just Tevin Coleman, there's kind of like an outlier in, te- in Tevin Coleman's performances. He had not had more than six touches since week 12. So I think it's like an outlier. I'm I'm willing to say that Mostert is still the best running back on that team. And Tevin Coleman is just kind of like a flash in the pan. He has a good game here and there. So I'm going to say Mostert 4,300 is the play. And if you're looking for like the Tevin Coleman performance from last week, Matt Breida maybe. <laughs> I mean, he fumbled in the fourth quarter. That, that kind of probably ruins his chances. But that's a team that they've had. Literally, Breida has led them in rushing. Mostert has. Coleman has. It's just like a revolving door. Man, you remember back in week eight when Tevin Coleman went for 38 fantasy points and everyone was so pumped the rest of the season. He only finished in the top 20 running backs once. Once. The rest of the season, guys. of 10 weeks. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't very good. All right. Wide receivers for the San Francisco 49ers. I already talked about Debo. I think he's an incredible play. Jared, do you agree? I think he's a fine play. Again, you know, he he's the fourth best value for us um, among wide receivers on DraftKings. Um, yeah, I, I think the ma- matchup's not ideal. Green Bay has been pretty tough against the pass all season. They're ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed. 
to wide receivers. But, you know, Debo, I think, has sort of emerged as the number one wideout here. Um, 6.2 targets per game over the last 10 versus five targets per game for Emmanuel Sanders. Debo Samuel also averaging two carries per game now over the last five weeks. You know, they're consistently getting him one to two carries per game on the ground. And on a short slate like this, with so few options, you know, that, that could make a difference. Tags, I'm going to say this, okay? In the 10 weeks since Debo Samuel started getting all of these snaps for the 49ers, he's been a wide receiver two or better eight of 10 weeks, man. Yep. Debo Samuel's been really good. I mean, he's been efficient, and it's like you wonder if this stuff can keep up because him and A.J. Brown are very alike in that way where it's like their yards after the catch has been ridiculous. He averaged 8.5 yards after the catch this year, which ranked third in the NFL. Do we think that can continue? Probably not, but knowing that he lines up against Kevin King the majority of the time, Kevin King's the worst cornerback on the Packers. And it's not even that close. Honestly, King is terrible. He can get beat deep. He can be, he can be beat all over the field. Mostly he gets, he does get beat deep though. So you just kind of have to hope that Garoppolo takes a few more shots down the field, which I don't know why the 49ers don't do that more often because Garoppolo has actually been really good when uh, throwing the ball down the field. So uh, I like Debo at 52 or 55 is well, plus Debo has 20 plus rushing yards in four to five games. Yeah, well, that's what Jared was saying. They're finding ways to get the ball in his hands because they trust what he can do after the catch, or with the ball in his hands, I should say. So, yeah, I'll play him over Sanders, who's been slowly kind of like, you have to wonder, is his age catching up with him? The Achilles coming back to do what Emmanuel Sanders did. I, I give that dude all the props in the world because it was something that I wanted to bet against, but he proved me wrong. And But at the same time, we've seen down the stretch, like outside of that Saints game, he really hasn't been anything more than like a guy that it's almost like Kendrick Bourne has probably been just as good outside of that one game. So it's more of like a tournament thing with him, but Debo Samuel's the best play on that team. All right. So you guys talked about Kittle over Kelsey. I'm leaning Kelsey a little bit more just because the projection models are, are saying that he's uh, projected for an extra three points and that's the consensus there. But Jared, uh, talk me into Kittle a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I have Kelsey projected for about a point more than Kittle, but I mean, Kittle is yeah, the price. Yeah, $1,300 cheaper on DraftKings and $800 cheaper on FanDuel. So again, so we have we have Kittle as the best value at tight end on DraftKings and also the best value among all flex-eligible players. So he, he's he's going to be likely in 100% of my lineups. You know, he, he's a beast, good matchup. The Packers 24th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. And Kittle saw six targets in that Week 12 meeting, caught all six of them for 129 yards and a touchdown. And he was playing with like a broken ankle too. <laughs> and Jared, the best part about that is that he scored 27.9 DraftKings points against him that week. That wasn't even the biggest performance the Packers allowed to a tight end this year. Darren Waller, 126 yards, two touchdowns earlier this year. So uh, yeah, there have been seven different tight ends who have totaled 63 or more yards. Kittle has totaled uh, at least five receptions in seven of the last nine games. You don't find that with tight ends, and especially at 5,800. Honestly, he should be up closer to Kelsey's price. If you, if you have him like a point more, that that's about right. I think there are similar plays. I I guess I'd prefer Kelsey a little, but at 5,800, I feel like you play both of them and don't even try to decide. Just play both. Does it concern you that he has been missing practice? I think this. I think it's good for him to miss practice, to be honest with you. He's someone that deserves the rest. Like He's been playing through so many injuries, but when he's out there, dude, the dude's a stud. Yeah, he's a, he's a top 10 tight end every week, except when they went up against Baltimore. You have to go all the way back to week seven when he had a week where he wasn't a top 10 tight end. Well, he was he was quiet last week, too. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe suppresses suppresses the ownership a little bit. Yep, that's a good call. All right. And uh, we talked about the defenses a, a fair amount, so we don't need to get into that again. We talked about Aaron Rodgers pretty extensively. So let's go to Aaron Jones. Jared, what do you have for us on Jones? Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get volume, and you know you can always say that about Jones, Henry, and Damon Williams just we get running back, so Jones is definitely in play. Um, it, it, it was nice to see last week, even with Jamal Williams back, Aaron Jones played 84% of the snaps, handled 22 of the 26 running back touches, so you know you can feel pretty confident that he's going to get the volume. Matchup, obviously, is tough. You know, the, We just saw the Niners completely shut down Dalvin Cook, nine carries for 18 yards. The Packers running backs combined to average just 3.5 yards per carry in that week 12 meeting against the Niners. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know if Jones has the massive massive ceiling this this Sunday, but I do think he's pretty safe because of that volume. Yep, I would agree with that. Tex, who do you like better between Jones and Damian Williams? Yeah, that's the one I'm trying to decide between and uh it's really tough. I mean, <sighs> I guess it, it, in cash, it might be Damian Williams if you can get up that $300 more. Uh, in tournaments, though, I think Aaron Jones is the one that's more likely to get carries in the goal line. Because if if San Francisco, if you kind of break down that defense and you look at what they really do best, uh, they have been much better in their pass rush and their ability to kind of limit 
completion percentage, even with their zone coverage. So I think that we saw last week that the Packers want to go to Aaron Jones in the goal line. He's done extremely well. There's a reason that he led the league in rushing touchdowns. So that's why I think his upside is more because like, I think he has the best shot at scoring two touchdowns outside of Derrick Henry. And that's why I prefer him, I think, in tournaments. But uh, would it surprise us if Matt LaFleur kind of just brought up, said, hey, Jamal Williams, you're going to come in and you know, split the work with him again. I mean, is there a chance Jamal Williams, you know, sneaks into the end zone twice, even if he just gets eight touches? Because he gets some work in the passing game, too. There's a better chance for that happening than LaShawn McCoy doing anything because, I, he like, again, McCoy played one snap. Thompson played one snap. Like, those guys are out of the picture, whereas Jamal Williams had been working back from an injury. So it's possible that they were slowly bringing him on and maybe they're going to use him a little bit more this week. So again, I, I think that I'm going to just going to do double tight end. I'm going to like talking through this, like this is what I use actually to like to talk me through my process is like, I think I'm gonna use Kittle and Kelsey uh, in my tight end and flex spot. So I'm only going to need two running backs, Henry and Mostert. I think that's what I'm doing in cash. I also want to throw this out there and not that I love, you know, Jamal Williams as, as the backup running back to get, but a couple years ago, you guys remember Le'Veon Bell got hurt early in the uh, AFC Championship game. D'Angelo Williams came in, and if you didn't own him, you weren't winning hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was like 0.2% owned. Look, injuries do happen, guys. It's a 16-game season. How often do starting running backs get hurt? 30, 35% of the time? And, and that's in 16 games. So we're looking at like a 1 in 40 chance that one of these running backs gets hurt. And if that happens, you've got a backup running back all to yourselves in ownership. In these four-game slates, I think if you're doing 100 lineups, you get some exposure to someone like Jamal Williams, like Matt Breida. Yeah, Jamal Williams would be the one I would definitely go lean towards because, like, think about it, all right? So if something happened to Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman aren't going to gain any value, really. Like, that, it just doesn't happen. Uh, same thing with any of those guys. It's a three-way timeshare. You go to Kansas City, and it's like, we've seen LaShawn McCoy without Damian Williams in the field. He doesn't do anything. Darwin Thompson is not trusted at all. If Derrick Henry goes down, Deion Lewis is like... Uh, Derrick Henry's not going down, man. He's an alien. Deion Lewis is maybe the other one that I would consider. If you're talking about, like, looking for that, like, if something were to happen to the starter, he's the one that could do it because he he is involved he would be involved in the passing game kansas city does struggle so jamal williams would probably be my top pick though at 3800 yeah i think that's fair yeah i was, I was actually on jamal williams last week as sort of a, a pivot off of aaron jones because we knew jones was going to be popular I, I i just liked jamal williams better last week because the matchup was better this week even if he does get more work i just think it's such a tough spot i'm not sure he, he's gonna you know capitalize on it but but again on a two-game slate with so few options i i couldn't fault you for taking a few shots on jamal williams Sure. All right, guys. Wide receiver. I'm using Devontae Adams. Jared, it sounds like you're using Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill, but how much exposure in GPP? What percentage? Uh, Again, in cash, I would definitely go Adams, but I actually think I'm going to have more Tyreek Hill in tournaments. Um, He's a bit cheaper on DraftKings. Is he cheaper on FanDuel as well? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Hill's Hill's 900 cheaper. And we project Hill for more points. And this is like, if you simulate the game a thousand times, how many points do they average? Not what is their, you know, most likely outcome? Most likely outcome is Adams outscores Hill. But overall, Hill's going to average more points. Yeah, so I, I have Adams projected for two more PPR points, but I, I still think Tyreek Hill has the higher ceiling, especially in these in these matchups. Um, so again, factor that in, um, the, the price, and I think Adams will probably be more popular. I, I don't know. What do you guys think about ownership on those two guys? 35 to 55% is the range I've got both of them in. I'm liking Devontae Adams even more and more because Alan Lazard is dealing with an ankle injury that uh, had him leave the game for a little while last week. And I do believe that adrenaline is a real thing. So we're going to get like a, a trolling Marquez Valdez-Scantling 50-yard touchdown, aren't we? Probably not. He's behind Jake Kumaro now. Like, he, he's basically <laughs> dead to the Packers, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure. Like I, And it, it ticks me off, too, because in my mock drafts last year, I had DK Metcalf going to the Packers. And if you think about what he brings to the table opposite Devontae Adams, that would have been like a dream match. Uh, and it, it, it still ticks me off. They took Jay Sternberger over him. Yeah. Wow. I Yeah, I forgot because DK Metcalf fell so late in the draft. I actually just mocked Justin Jefferson to them in, in my first mock week came out with they need to go get another wide receiver yeah and by the way dynasty leaders um jay sternberger is someone that actually i i know i just like joked about it but i actually think he's someone to to buy in dynasty right now like his value is absolutely nothing he's probably on your waiver wire to be honest with you uh and jimmy graham is probably playing his last game as a packer and probably probably his last game in the nfl to be honest he looked pretty good last week by the way jimmy graham well they've limited his snaps they they pulled him back and like he only played uh 38 percent of the snaps last week it was a season low and it's probably better for him to be honest with you like he's a guy that shouldn't be out there for all the snaps um, he can't block and he's not very fast and they need him as fresh as possible. Both Sternberger and Mercedes Lewis outsnapped him last week. So 
but it might be better for him, like in terms of efficiency. Jared, how much exposure to uh, Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard? By the way, Allison is, is sick. He didn't practice yesterday. Um, he's sick, so I wonder if it's like a flu situation, because if that's the case, then obviously he might not be involved in the game plan. Lazard is dealing with an ankle injury. So those are things to keep up on and like pay attention to, because like Kumaro and Valdez-Scantling might become like, you know, if you're playing a big tournament, getting some exposure to those guys. Yeah, it'll obviously help if one or two of those guys miss. But, you know, as it stands now, assuming they all play, I really don't want any exposure to any of these guys. I mean, I, again, I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to do a whole lot. I think what he does do is going to go mostly through Devonta Adams. Um, if I am going to have someone beyond Adams, it would be Alan Lazard, assuming the ankle isn't too bad. He, he did return to the game last week. He was limited in Wednesday's practice. So I do think he's going to play in this game. And he, he sort of had emerged... He's a virtual lock for six targets. He had at least emerged as the pretty clear number two wide receiver, and he had been getting decent volume before last week. So I think he's a he's okay, but again, I just I think the matchup is so tough. Any Jimmy Graham tags? No. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather pay down for Ferkser than go Jimmy Graham. I'd go down to, like Johnu Smith is I think cheaper than Graham. Best case scenario with Graham is that he catches a touchdown and he finishes like thirty yards, and that's not that's not going to be make or break to win a tournament. I think that's true because even then he's not going to outscore Kittle and Kelsey, which is what he'd have to do, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I'd pay $300 more for Jimmy Graham than John U. Smith. Right. So 0% exposure then, Jared. 0% for me. Zero. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Hope you guys enjoy your football this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Two exciting uh, games. Woohoo! Jared, thanks for taking the time to come to the show, man. That was fun. Thanks, guys. All right. And I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code FANTASYPROS, and it's going to get you a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit and also a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code FANTASYPROS only over at DraftKings. And also Pristine Auction. You guys are going to love it if you haven't checked it out. Make sure to enter the registration code Fantasy Pros. When you sign up for an account, it's free to sign up. And when you enter that code Fantasy Pros, it's going to get you $5 off to spend over there. And you're going to find something that you love for your cave. So check it out. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And also don't forget about that contest we have going on thanks to Pristine Auction. A full-size Michael Thomas signed Saints helmet at bettingpros.com slash contest. You can check out the details. And also, don't forget about the Betting Pros podcast with Dan Harris. You guys are absolutely going to love this show because Dan is hilarious and he does a great job as well. It's bettingpros.com slash podcast. You can follow Jared on Twitter at S-M-O-L-A. That's his last name, D-S. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro and Tags is at Mike Taglier NFL. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve. 